forth, but it's definitely the one. Ladies, gentlemen, and gender neutral fans all across the globe, welcome to the fourth Adam Sandler podcast. Okay, we're back in it. Took a little Did break. <laughs> yeah. Now we're back. Nothing happened in the world during our break, thankfully. Nope. So we'll just uh, get right into the movie. In fact, the things that we previously mentioned have been resolved. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Thanks to some keen, keen entrepreneurial thinking yes. by our government. Yes. And elected officials. Yes. Thank God. I didn't realize that. Uh, Oh, the uh, tactic of just ignoring something and then maybe it'll get tired and go away. I didn't realize that worked for yeah. uh, viruses, but uh, <laughs> I have to assume that that's the case. Otherwise, They are packing their bags as we yeah, speak. Otherwise, uh, people are really fucking up right now. <laughs> yeah, and we're in deep shit. Yeah. I, I, just, I refuse to believe that uh, we could collectively make a mistake of <laughs> that kind of proportion. No right? way. We certainly haven't it's done us. it, at least in the last hundred years. We're not. It's humans, and more specifically, yeah. Americans. Yeah, we could. This nothing bad could ever happen. Um, I know. I you know I did see uh, a news article that said that the rise in protests has not yeah. um, is not linked at all with the rise um, in um, COVID cases, which is good news for protesters. That people out protesting aren't con- you know contributing to the rise it's actually mm-hmm. people who are out not wearing masks uh, and out for reasons other than really vital things like protesting police brutality mm-hmm. um, well, that are that are probably contributing to the rise i assumed that you meant uh by protesters you meant the protesters who are protesting uh the shutdown and i was like oh that's oh, good no. news <laughs> no no they caused it oh, okay. the studies have shown they caused it yeah. so yeah um they they are you heard me, right? Oh. I mean, I got it on my audio, like so I'll run it again. Um, ooh, but I may have to... Okay. I think my audio is no. still recording. No. Okay, uh, hang on okay. one second here. it was recording um but i need to make sure everything is closed out of my laptop because it just runs runs it a little hard with logic open i don't remember having this problem with i don't know if i had this problem with GarageBand or not um but yeah 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 i think the podcast is just degrading both of our laptops because mine getting much hotter lately and just not working as well as it used to and I, I have to assume it's just because I've been shoving so much Adam Sandler content into it's, it all the time it's, it's like, like what are no no more notes no more <laughs> notes oh god yeah. it's, just, it's just if anybody like 
it's just got like diagrams of like connections between the Adam Sandler movies and just like random notes like uh, I don't know Peter Dante question mark question mark question mark I never thought about how sad that is for computers when they have to learn the things that we put on them like oh now I know these things (laughs) yeah yeah well I was just thinking if anybody ever found it and they would just be like what the hell are they doing (laughs) on the fourth season of True Detective yeah (laughs) They started a podcast about Adam Sandler. Yeah. Um, well. So what I. Oh, had, did you start recording again? <laughs> I, I did. Yeah, about 10 minutes ago. Okay. Um, okay. And it's looking like it's going to go well. Um, I'm going to minimize it and just kind of like let it chill in the background and maybe that'll be good. I don't know. Um, but I had said, oh, if you've seen the movie Invasion of the Body Snatchers, the people who are protesting the shutdown are body snatchers which i feel like that was not the best way of like landing the joke nor was the (laughs) first time i'm just kind of throwing it out there for somebody who wants to like spin out a cool meme about it (laughs) i don't get it okay yeah they want they don't want the shutdown because they want to snatch our bodies they want to oh they are like that's in their head is like a big just a big covid yes it's just like yes open up yes I want to feed mm-hmm. and spread if you ignore me i just go away <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. in other news uh the two of us did watch another adam sandler movie yes we do have another adam sandler movie to talk about do you want to tell our listeners about it Okay, well, we watched uh, the movie Hotel Transylvania. Uh, that is an animated movie, Adam Sandler's first animated movie since Eight Crazy Nights. Oof, it's been uh, a long time. Yeah. Uh, and this one is a CGI animated movie, as is kind of, I guess, most animated movies anymore. <laughs> Pretty much all. Now, CGI just means computers made it, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Okay, just to make I guess sure. probably a lot, but... I, I just think, I kind of, I think most animation actually is mostly done by computers now, but this one's like the 3D, like, what, what would you call it, like polygrams or yeah, it feels, 3D models. Yeah, it feels live stuff. action even though it's yeah, animated. As opposed to what I think of as like traditional animation, uh, I mean originally hand-drawn and then just like, I guess taking a lot of pictures of the different images that people hand drew but probably all that's done by computers now too but at least animation to mimic the look the kind of flat what was yeah what was the last big i feel like there was a a movie that came out in recent memory that that did that kind of returned to that uh animation style but i can't remember what it was yeah, they do them uh, periodically, I think. Yeah, maybe, maybe maybe I'm just... Maybe it was like The Princess and the Frog or something, which isn't yeah. super recent, but I don't Quite know. A while ago, anyway, yeah. anyway, sorry, go that ahead. That might have been the last uh, Disney... Big, that was like the last big Disney one that did that kind of style. I think they put them out every now and again. For nostalgia. Um, yeah. Uh, so th- this movie, uh, the other thing probably... Uh, this should be said is just uh it's directed by uh i think you pronounce his name gendy tartakovsky let me see let me make sure i'm that sounded really good right uh gendy tartakovsky uh who is a um 
kind of a big name in uh, animation. Uh, did uh, was like the showrunner, director, creative uh, person behind um, Dexter's Laboratory, Samurai Jack, uh, the uh, short, the Clone Wars shorts. Uh, not, I don't think he had anything to do with the uh, computer animated uh, Clone Wars ongoing series, but he did the uh, shorts that kind of led into that. Gotcha. Uh, and then uh, some other ones. I think he did an Adult Swim show recently called Primal, which I didn't watch. But, but I want to check out uh, now. I Samurai yeah. Jack was one of those shows I probably saw three episodes of, yeah. and I was like, I have to just sit down and watch all this. And, yeah, you know, 15 years later, I still haven't done it. Yeah, <laughs> It's still on my to-watch list. I ha- Like you, I think I've seen three or four episodes of it, and they were some of the coolest yeah. uh, three or four episodes of animation I've ever seen. Um so definitely was like, I really want to watch that, this, which is why I cannot. <laughs> because I need, it's one of those things where it's like, I really want to do this. I better clear out a chunk of time to do this. And then I never do it. But uh, I do, would like to watch. I should wait till uh, I'm retired. Again at some point. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, what I've seen of it and I, yeah, what I've seen of it, very, very cool. Um, I think very good at uh, action scenes and uh, this kind of like, very kinetic motion and uh, pacing his action scenes uh, in just a very fluid, uh, rhythmic way. Uh, I don't remember so. a lot from it, but it also kind of had that feeling of like a su- like a lot of world building that yeah. I feel like was is really evident in something like Adventure Time. Um, yeah, yeah. But I, I can remember feeling that way about Samurai Jack too. But I don't mm-hmm. know if that's the show itself or just me getting dropped into like three random episodes and being like, Oh, they just threw in a brand new character. I think they do. I think I was watching, uh, some kind of YouTube clips and essays about him or just some YouTube stuff about him. Uh, just now, actually, before we started recording and wow, that's time. Yeah, that's timely. (laughs) Yeah. Believe it or not. Uh, in fact, it was actually in preparation of recording. Oh, um, I did a little bit of homework. Uh, no, honestly, I'd already forgotten that Samurai Jack was yeah. connected to this movie. Yeah. <laughs> I just I thought we were talking. Yeah. So when you said that, I was like, oh, that is an interesting coincidence. Sorry. Yeah. Um, I was just saying, yeah, just based on, I was like, this is a, it's one of those things, which is like a cool melding of like, <clears throat> I think he's a Samurai Jack is a samurai from the uh, samurai period of Japan Japan's history, which uh, would be like 17th yeah. or 18th century, something like that, okay. would be my guess. Okay. Uh, not, I did not research that, so <laughs> fact check it, uh, please. Um, but, uh, but anyway, they take him, but then I think he's transported to the future through some uh, mechanism, and then it's kind of him running around in these different futuristic environments that have like aliens and robots and just a lot of different strange environments. But then I think drawing on all these different, I don't know my memory and what, and based on the little clips that I saw, very cool uh, show. That's cool. Yeah. It's so funny that like, I have no sense. I had no sense of the premise of the show. I just knew that it was Mm -hmm. about a samurai 
and that he was often going off on adventures, but I didn't know the whole, you know, brought into the future, which is a great, like, uh, you know, they call that the high concept, right? Where it's like what distilled into like a 10 second, one sentence explanation. Mm -hmm. What is your show? What is your story? And it is uh, a samurai uh, gets transported in time into the future and has to go on a bunch of journeys against yeah. you know, monsters and robots and mm-hmm. stuff like that's I, yeah that's great but it's funny it's, back then it was so much harder to find you know information about these kind of things so you know if you didn't oh, have yeah, like right. the little detail on your you know tvr or whatever it was you right. just would be like okay this is a show and i'll just have to piece things together as i watch it which i think was a cool experience too yeah. i actually really liked as a kid the experience of just being dropped into something and just being like i don't know why these people are here what they're doing really but it looks cool <laughs> and so i'll kind of i create the story in my head yeah and then i would never see the endings of things or the beginning so i just get random middle parts of things it's the same with comic books because i used to read comic books as a kid and i i wouldn't get full stories i get like three random issues of something in the middle of a story yeah and i remember just being like i don't know i'm just kind of getting a random part of the story and then i have to just imagine the rest of it yeah i remember (laughs) when um yeah when i was a kid it was the same way and then i can remember reading uh the x-men executioners song series which i think was like a six part mm-hmm. series and i had like two of them so i just knew that this like guy <laughs> yeah. was chasing some people around i wasn't sure why and uh-huh. you know and then i i still don't know who that guy was or what happened or anything um, but then like the age of apocalypse i remember getting on board with that and i was like i have to read all these i have to read and and that was one that i followed the arc as it came out mm-hmm. um and it was i think it was just a four arc uh four arc series but um it ran across all of the different x-men and x-men related Uh, um uh comic books so there ended up being something like i don't know something around like 50 um comics so yeah it was super cool but and did you get all those i yeah i did i think i had i still i have a comic box that i never look at of my Uh a bunch of my comics from when i was a kid and i think all of them except for like two kind of like side glossary comic books are in there so yeah the full set which is worth a whopping no more than it was when it first came out <laughs> yeah. yeah i was like yeah, oh. i sold yeah i i took some comic books to a comic book store uh some years ago when i was kind of cleaning house uh and i was i was not i didn't think they would be worth anything but i was like oh i, I could probably get like I got a box of comics. Maybe I'll get like five bucks or some store credit or something out of them. And uh, he was just like, why don't you just give them to a kid? (laughs) I was like, I don't know any kids, man. I was like 23 or something. And I was like, I don't know any kids. (laughs) I don't know what to do with these. Can you please just take them? Oh, that's so great. I want to run a store and then when <laughs> when people try to sell me stuff, a, a buyback store, and be like, why don't you just give that to a kid? Why yeah. don't, come on. It was a, yeah, it was kind of cool. That is cool. That's cool. And that. comics, it makes sense <laughs> for. It, it, I would just love to run a yeah. pawn shop where that's what I said to everyone that came in. Yeah. You got all those diamond watches. Why don't you just, why don't you give them to a kid? Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, I bring up uh, Gendy. Uh, Tartakovsky 
uh, I bring him up just because uh, I think it's worth uh, that there's at least something there's another creative voice uh, at work in the uh, Hotel Transylvania movie that's not just uh, the Happy Madison team or just the uh, studio uh, execs in general there's also this other uh, distinct creative yeah. uh, voice that is uh, at play uh, anyway the actual movie itself um, about Adam Sandler plays Dracula uh, who has uh, opened a hotel to provide a sanctuary for different monsters uh, from being oppressed basically by humans uh, there are no humans allowed in this hotel uh, and the story uh, basically follows him and his daughter Mavis who is now turning 118 years old which is essentially 18 uh, in human years uh, she's 118 uh, she wants to go kind of explore the world uh, maybe check it out see what all this stuff that's out there is he, he doesn't like that idea uh, he thinks humans are dangerous, uh, and his the whole idea of the hotel is to get away from them. Uh, so uh, it's basically about that sort of conflict, and then uh, the uh, third, uh, I guess, chaotic element that is thrown into the mix is that a human uh, has wandered into the hotel, uh, played by Andy Samberg, and his name is... Uh, Ted, Tom, Jonathan. Jonathan. Damn it, I was so I, close. I was I was totally on board with you that it was Todd, but is that the name of Andy Samberg's character in <laughs> That's My Boy? <laughs> yep. Because they're not the same character, actually. Unless we are now. No, okay, we don't have to cross the plane. Um, yeah, I will say. Also, I just saw this before. Uh, we we signed on because I was doing a little research of my own, and Hotel Trent. The movie is actually based on a book by one of the co-writers of the script, Todd Durham. Oh, okay. Um, okay. And I so I don't know how close the two of those are um, to each other. How close the the movie is to because it seems like there were two other writers, so I could see. Right, there is, there are other people, yeah. Yeah, so... I read that, too. My sense is, like, again, we have a high concept of, like, Dracula runs a hotel for monsters, and you could do anything with that. I just think that kind of opens up endless Mm -hmm. possibilities. Um, As we can kind of see in the movie itself, in that opening, uh, when the hotel first opens up, and uh, the thing is, is he's throwing a birthday, he's throwing that birthday party, and he's invited every monster in, in the world and so you have like mm-hmm. floating brains and you know yeah. skeletons and ghosts and witches and you know you name mm-hmm. it there's you know the monster is there at the hotel yeah. um which definitely gives you that you know wow anything this is going to be the birthday of the century anything can happen at this one yeah right it is it's a concept where you could go anywhere with it i'm guessing that's what it's i think it says that he the todd durham created the bible for a franchise so uh or i guess he wrote a book i don't know it sounds to me like my interpretation was that he basically was like this would be a great something i'm going to basically create ideas for all these different characters and then you could do all sorts of things with it 
Like, it's kind of designed from the get-go to be a series or to be a franchise or something. Yeah. Films, it could be a TV show, whatever whatever it ends up turning into. Yeah, that's true. Um, huh. But also, isn't it just the Adams Family? Yeah. Oh, wait, is it? I thought it was Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. Uh, I just oh, thought it was okay. like a spin on that. You know, it's yeah. it's a movie about tolerance. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Actually, uh, I bring that up. I don't. I think it's specifically. I did see the uh, the animated Adams Family movie that came out earlier this year, and I think it had a very similar premise of trying to find sanctuary from the humans in a old uh, gothic mansion. Uh, but that came out this year, so uh, if anything, that movie was probably ripping off uh, Hotel Transylvania. Ah, uh, yeah. So. Which, in turn, was ripping off Frankenstein? I don't know. No, <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, I was thinking because the the premise of the... One of the, like, the main premise of the whole... The, the movie and probably all of the franchise is... Dracula runs a hotel for monsters. Um, but then the premise of the movie, the more speci- one of the more specific premises of the movie is that um, Dracula has been harmed by humans a hundred, you know, a long time ago. They killed his wife. Um, and so he has kind of locked, he's made a commitment to like lock away his daughter and protect her. Um, and he's, you know, been successful at protecting her and keeping her away from the world for 118 years. But, you know, she really is wanting to go now and try, uh, you know, try out the world, see what's out there. And he does not want her to do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it'll happen. Well, you know, so a couple of things. I think one of the big plot points is that she goes out in the world and immediately they just start attacking her and trying to kill her. And so she eventually has to fly away. Lo and behold, Dracula had that whole mm-hmm. that whole little town with all the villagers set up, and the villagers are really just zombies wearing masks. Um, and, yeah, so she's, like, super jaded on the idea of going out and adventuring in the world until good old Todd Jonathan comes along and Jonathan who's just this like you know I don't know stoner surfer dude or yeah he's like a back he's a backpacker yeah on his uh, gap year type so he's been to all these different places he's got a backpack that he Uh, loves he's just into like finding new experiences hanging out going to uh, music festivals and just uh, seeing the world, letting whatever fortunes come his way. Yeah. What's his saying? You just got to roll with it? Probably. I think that's his saying. Just got to roll with it, yeah. You just got to roll. Um, so, yeah, he's a he's a kind of ditzy guy, but yeah. uh, good at heart. And, um, you know, he sh- you know the, the as the movie progresses, like, he shows Mavis that, oh, you know, the so he actually what happens is he's dressed up as okay so he comes in dracula realizes okay wait so who's who's todd um dracula is like oh my god there's a human in here but can't 
end up getting him out. And the whole time Dracula wants this human to leave because he doesn't like humans and this guy could ruin everything if uh, monsters know that humans got into Hotel Transylvania, yeah. which Dracula has, has created as kind of like a fortress, an impenetrable fortress. Um, but so he, he can't get Jonathan out and ends up, dis, you know, fashioning him kind of a Frankenstein costume. Um, and so he's, he's, uh, spends the movie in that Frankenstein costume, but talking about all of his adventures out in the real world and how great it is and ends up convincing a lot of people that maybe, uh, humans aren't so bad after all. Yeah. Yes. That is all. Yeah. That's all the plot. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of other characters in this. Um, and I feel like, to kind of round out or flesh out the plot some it'll help and yeah maybe we can just kind of talk through some cameos so yeah um i feel like the well yeah the first one i noticed was adam sandler as dracula obviously he was in it yeah, yeah. and then steve <laughs> Bu- name, steve but... buscemi as the werewolf yeah and uh i do think okay no go ahead i was gonna say i do think you might be getting a little ahead of uh Maybe order of importance. Uh, we have Mavis Dracula. That is played by Selena Gomez. Yeah. Who uh, started on the Disney Channel and then kind of uh, did other things, movies and music and stuff. Oh, I didn't mean to open that up. Um, she was in High School Musical, right? You go. No. I think you're thinking of Vanessa Hudgens. Oh, okay. Uh, and... Yeah, Selena Gomez. She was in a show called The Wizards of Waverly Place. Oh, yeah. When she was on the Disney Channel. And then she did her uh, rite of passage, which is to kind of try to break away from children's television that a lot of people do by appearing in the movie Spring Breakers. That's right. Um, And I don't really know. uh, I, I think she just sings and acts now, but I... I don't really know. <laughs> like, it's that. not a thing. She just does it. She she's like, yeah, yeah, I'm an actor and like, a singer. Yeah, I just do that stuff, whatever. <laughs> that's cool. If you're making a big deal out of, about it, that's that's on you. That's cool. <laughs> but uh, um, a little interesting tidbit that I learned about that, the role was actually supposed to be played by, uh, or originally, not actually, but originally it's going to be played by Miley Cyrus. I uh, see. Also, uh, a Disney Channel uh Alumni, who and singer, slash, actor, uh, but she lost the role. Uh, this is all stuff I read on the internet. Uh, she lost the role because at that time she had bought her boyfriend a cake shaped like a penis. Oh. Uh, that was very. Uh, I don't know. I don't know who put, but like I don't know. It was very photographed, and I think she was photographed. Uh, licking uh, the penis cake. Which is hilarious. Uh, and basically, uh, maybe looked at it in a larger perspective, it was around the time she uh, had various, uh, I don't know, she drank a beer. Which is cool. <laughs> like smoked a bomb <laughs> Which or whatever. is cool. Yeah. <laughs> Both cool, but uh, she was kind of basically trying to get away from her family-friendly yeah. uh, kid. Well, I think all of those things happened on of, the last yeah. season of Hannah Montana. Like they, right, yeah. yeah. So if Disney was cool with it. They're like, we're just going Apparently, all out. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. 
Hannah Montana was like, oh, I'm really stressed about my big show. I'm going to hit this bong. I'm going to rip this bong. Oh, yeah, yeah. This feels better. Yeah. All right. I can do my show now. Wait. I'm kind of um, anxious. I got to drink some booze. Some booze. <laughs> yeah. It's actually just a bottle uh, that then just had XXX yeah. around the side of it. She's just like, yeah. Um, yeah. And the one where she starts experimenting with chewing tobacco and then has that big comically oversized spittoon and keeps going like, yeah it's it. man yeah that was weird too but <laughs> i mean it was cool i love that cowboy song that she sang in it though that was cool yeah. but yeah yeah i'm a cowboy with my chewing tobacco that that one uh-huh. yeah well it's nice to see her getting in touch with her country roots yes but um anyway she uh <laughs> yeah anyway she lost the role they were like i don't know who i don't know anyway they didn't want to give it to her they were like liability it's it's so weird when um she's chewing tobacco the whole time yeah she's trying to record her lines and you'll keep hearing that we'd ha- we just have to put it in the movie like well she is 118 she yeah uh it's so weird when when an actor gets chosen and then you find out that the person they wanted instead of that person mm. is like really close to being the same person you know, like that ty- like typecast, I guess. So that's what well, happened here. Not spiritually. Right, yeah. yeah. Where they're like, uh, we need uh, somebody who did, who can appeal to the kids and mm-hmm. who is 18 now and, you know, mm-hmm. can do a little, like, sing one song or something. I think there's yeah. one time that she's, not yeah. even a song, yeah. like one line. She, yeah, um, she has a line. And then some backing vocals. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, I think it's yeah. I think they were looking for that. Uh, we got to get a, an actor to draw kids in. Yeah. I think that that was it exactly. They were like Adam Sandler doesn't do it. No. Andy Sandberg, who plays Jonathan. I think Andy Sandberg would do it even less. <laughs> yeah. Also doesn't do it. He does it. No, he doesn't yeah. do it. CeeLo Green, I would say a little bit. Maybe. Um, because he had that song. He had the hit. Yeah. F you. Yeah. What was uh, the Steve Buscemi? Yeah, he that was he probably does their it. other attempt to yeah. appeal to kids. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. Originally wanted uh, John Turturro, but like, ah oh, man, I don't know. He's <laughs> yeah. been seen smoking cigarettes lately, <laughs> yeah, and having exactly. premarital yeah. sex. Apparently, he and his girlfriend share that? a home. Yeah, remember that paparazzi photo of him just like, uh, just really like seductively eating a penis cake. yeah man oh that really lost the role yep sucks and my and my respect it sucks yeah i hate to see that um okay so we got selena gomez uh you wanted the first one you noticed see buscemi of course as a werewolf yeah and then you know as the guys come in you know i'm like okay there's there's going to be more of the 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 group you know the guys who are returning um is it reprise or reprise i always say reprise reprising their role i'm gonna gonna say that on this one but then i am gonna try really hard to look it up and make sure for the next one so apologies if that's wrong everybody um but yeah so people who are reprising their role like kevin james plays frankenstein Mm -hmm. and david spade plays the invisible man Mm -hmm. and you know, returning for I don't know how many times, CeeLo Green as the mummy. <laughs> yeah, he's 
he's back. Yeah, he's back. The staple of Adam Sandler movies. That I see what you're saying about his casting, um, because he is the he is another like, like kind of the odd man out. Like everybody else, I feel like on this list. Pretty much, yeah. Almost everybody is like someone who's associated with Adam Sandler. Then you have Selena Gomez, who is like a big star in this other way, and then CeeLo Green, who is also a big star in a completely different way. Yeah. Just kind of being in the movie, and he doesn't even have very many lines, and uh, he does sing again a little bit of a song, Mm -hmm. but not even most of it. Not even most of a song. Yeah. So just kind of there to. uh, I don't know, be some kind of appealing figure for uh, fans of pop music. (laughs) (laughs) Or, uh, I don't know, old Southern gangster rap, too. Yeah. (laughs) They're trying to grease that demographic, because he used to be in, I think, Goody Mob. And, uh, yeah, all those those old heads. Yeah. Who was in Gnarls Gnarls Barkley? He was also in Gnarls Barkley, yeah. Yeah. A lot of appeal, but... uh, I don't know. He's just kind of in the movie. Yeah, yeah. None of those. I mean, none of the characters end up being That's that true, important. Yeah. Other than we have Dracula, right. his daughter, mm-hmm. um, Jonathan, the human, and then the uh, Quasimodo, who I I don't know who yes. plays Quasimodo's character. It is John Lovitz. John Lovitz. Yeah. So those four, I think, are the only. You know, you would want to call them, like, in terms of, like, protagonist or antagonist-type mm. characters or the ones whose actions actually have consequences. Everybody else is just along mm-hmm. for the ride and, yeah. you know, doing, like, moral support or outrage when they discover Jonathan is there. Mm-hmm. Which, um, yeah, kind of, I mean, just obviously when you have a movie that could be an ensemble cast... Mm-hmm. And it's not. That's a disappointment. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Yeah. Even uh, Quasimodo, I think he's sort of a tacked-on antagonist. Yes. But he doesn't even present, I don't think, the main challenge. I guess he's the one that reveals. He's the foil. Uh, Here's all the spoilers or whatever. But (laughs) he reveals reveals that uh, Jonathan is a human. Yeah. Uh, And so... uh, that's kind of his role in it but i don't yeah i don't think he's essential really uh you could just have jonathan's like wig fall off or something <laughs> like a gust of wind that's true <laughs> yeah his, anything his wig and all his makeup off yeah it does offer like 15 minutes worth of a plot point of like oh yeah. we gotta go find him oh we found him okay Right, yeah, he he kidnaps uh, Jonathan so he can cook him up. Yeah, to a stew. So, uh, so uh, I want to let's let's talk a little bit more about the cameos and I guess you know before we go too much further, I'll go ahead and um, dun 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 dun. Covert watch. So why so why so sad? Well, because I didn't even catch it. And I'm so good at it, and I'm so oh, vigilant, no. and I just feel like I failed the podcast because not only did I not catch it, but I didn't remember until about five minutes ago that I that's my only job on this podcast. Like, we agreed. You would do all the background research. You would write up 
our scripts. You would send me the script ahead of time. All I had to I do. I wrote this. What he's saying. I right know. Now. Well, yeah, but I have to read it. That was the agreement. And all of my job is is to find Alan Covert in the movies, and I just didn't notice, but he is in it, and so. Okay. He plays. I didn't catch it. Okay. Well, probably nobody did. That's. It's one of those things where yeah. like. This is such an Easter he's, egg that he's coughing in the background. Right. Like, <laughs> how am I going to know that? Like, I'm not obsessed with the guy. Uh, so he voiced the candle cake monster. I don't, ah. I, just, <laughs> I don't know what that is. I don't either. The candle cake monster. I don't either. That's cool though. Yeah. I'm glad he's in, it. Glad he's in it too. Um, represent- I think he was one of the producers. Yeah. Rep- re- represent what? Alan Covert. I'm, I'm happy you're in it. Uh, I do not remember the candle cake at all, but um, candle cake. Do you have a picture? Did you find a picture? Uh, so you got your phone there. Yeah. Let me. S- Are you just taking a pi- You're taking a picture of me. I'm taking oh, a picture okay. of myself and just posting podcasting. Oh. Podcasting. Am I right, guys? Uh, I don't remember this. Okay, maybe we're looking at. Uh... Oh shit. Uh, never. I think that might have been spoilers for uh, Hotel Transylvania too. Oh no, he's not in this. I one, don't is think he, he is. No oh, monster. I feel. I do feel. Uh, I feel redeemed though. You know. Yeah, That's you so know, good I to think know. Your job is safe. I was going to fire you and replace you with a. Uh, a robot else. your computer probably a robot yeah <laughs> i was gonna type things in and have the computer voice read it uh, and that was going to be my uh partner for this now that would be an amazing but, uh, podcast yeah yeah but your job is safe Oof. for the time being man uh let's see what else uh cameos any other cameos uh, i see chris parnell is mr fly yeah, i do remember I that, caught character. that one yeah um, rob riggle is a skeleton husband i did catch oh, this one too. Character too it took me a while i was like man steve buscemi the werewolf's wife i recognize that voice who is it who is it who is it and then i realized molly oh. shannon molly shannon yeah, yeah. Uh, i have here oh. uh fran oh yep fran right is it dreiser dresher 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 yeah I was very happy to see her. I yeah. hated the nanny as a kid, but okay. real. Okay. It, but I, it's grown on me now. Um, yeah. Yeah, that was, that was cool. So she plays Frank, uh, Mrs. Frankenstein, um, and obviously her voice is really jarring, and she plays like a really mm-hmm. naggy wife. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. the, you know she she popped up like five minutes in or ten minutes in, and you know she's complaining and the person I was, my girlfriend who I was watching it with was like, the misogyny is always present. <laughs> I was like, damn it. You're right. Why aren't you doing this <laughs> was, podcast? <laughs> was that any attitude to have? I know. That's actually what I said. Adam I Sam said, come on, give this guy a chance. He's making a kid's yeah. movie. What harm could yeah. it do? Yeah. It's a reinforce, uh, nagging wife yeah stereotypes uh i have here robert robert schmiegel as fake dracula oh okay an attendee at the transylvanian festival cool. and marty a pink gill man at 
Hotel Transylvania. So so Schmeagel is one of the the writers, right? He he co-wrote it. Yes. Yeah. He's a name. I yeah. Smeagol. He's in some of this stuff. Oh, that's the one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, he's like. Oh, he does. Uh, he does TV Funhouse. That's why I know him. Yeah. And he does Triumph the Insult Comic Dog. Man, he does it all. Yeah, he really does. <laughs> By which I mean those two, two things. Three things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he also co-wrote this movie. Oh, okay. Yeah. Did he? And he also kind of starred in it. He likes to tell people. <laughs> um, so I think the heart of this movie, you know, like I said, the premise is, you know, Dracula doesn't want his daughter to go out into the world. The heart of this movie, um, I thought was kind of cool, is about it is about tolerance and it's about Dracula learning to coming coming to realize that humans aren't all bad, and so he you know gets to spend time with the human and realizes, hey, you know, maybe things aren't so bad. Maybe I've exaggerated. I was hurt by humans in the past, and there are some hum- bad humans out there, but by and large, there are a lot of good humans. Um, yeah. Which is fine. Okay. That's fine, right? Wait. Message of tolerance. Okay, but who represents who in this, uh, in the movie? Are not, do humans represent, are not humans the, uh, like, the head dominant, hegemonic... Uh, force and the monsters are sort of the uh, ones who are like disenfranchised Hmm. and so is it not about uh, indoctrination the the indoctrination and uh, basically a group of colonized people uh, the monsters learning to uh, be like wait maybe our uh, maybe these people that are uh, bigoted against us maybe they're not so bad wow you know that is a good reading of this movie because I was thinking about it in terms of <laughs> it could be the, other way the hotel. <laughs> I mean, if we're thinking about the hotel, uh-huh. if we're thinking about the hotel as like suburbia, yeah. And when you're in suburbia, you don't want people from the outside coming into suburbia because they're going to ruin it. And then this outsider comes in and says like, Hey, there's a whole world that you can explore oh. and it's beautiful and it's awesome. They're a gated Yeah. Community. Quit living in your bubble and go out there. You don't and, want and, any riffraff in here. Yeah. So I think yeah. that's a really compelling message. I like your reading better. <laughs> I think okay. that's actually probably what it's trying to get at. And that jives with like other things we've seen uh in this podcast uh, as well as other messages in the movie itself um so yeah that makes sense to me uh we missed one important cameo uh jackie sandler oh yeah is in it uh martha dracula's wife dead wife which is weird i don't know like it's one thing to have your actual life play um like a character who your who cheats on your character like many years ago, like he did and just go with it. Oh yeah. But it's another thing to have them play somebody who dies. I don't know. That just feels weird to me. Isn't that weird? I guess if he did it more than once, it'd be really weird. Like if in every movie there was an absent mother. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of, no, it's just like a Rob, it's a Rob Schneider esque recurring meta joke to people that watch all of the movies in order. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool that she's in it, though. I like that he like yeah. brings 
brings his family in. Absolutely, um, yeah. Is this kind of an example of the trope? I think it. I think that it is called. It comes from comics, and it's called girlfriend in the freezer trope, where like the death of a woman spurs mm-hmm. a man to action. Although in this case, his action isn't revenge, which I think it came. It, the yeah. first instance they talk about is Daredevil, where like Daredevil finds that yeah. his girlfriend is kill has been killed, and then has and to go on a refrigerator, yeah, and go out on a yeah. revenge spree. Um, right, but he doesn't really go on I, act out his yeah. revenge. But I mean, like he's acting on behalf of her and her wishes and what she would want, yeah. which does f- it is a dead woman who is the uh, like impetus for a male character's arc. Right. So I guess it could fit into that a little bit. I, I think of it, I was thinking of it more as like dead parent trope, which is in a lot of these and just a lot of kids stuff. Like there's a dead parent. Yeah. And the absent parent Harry is Potter. definitely something that's in yeah. a lot of, uh, a lot of kids stories, but also a lot of Adam Sandler movies. Yeah. Um, like his parents are dead in Happy Gilmore. His mom is gone in Billy Madison. Mm-hmm. Um, his the the father is absent in uh, bedtime stories, and his father is dead, and he's kind of like trying to live into his you know father's mm-hmm. but, yeah um, legacy. So yeah, hmm. yeah. So maybe a little column A, a little column B. Yeah. I, I think the classic. A woman in refrigerator trope would be like eh, I don't know. Yeah, it would be like a revenge story or something. Yeah, it may it may have to I, I almost wonder I don't know, I haven't read that any of that original like Daredevil stuff. But I'm wondering if it also kind of applies to a tendency where they're like we need we have a new bad guy. This bad guy's not like the other bad guys. This guy bad guy's bad. We need to do him to do something to show how bad he has to kill an innocent he has to kill the the girlfriend who probably people were up until that point enjoying yeah in the series or Or who probably never appeared in the series before then but we need to write the girlfriend in so that we can have the new bad guy kill the girlfriend i wonder i think it might have to do more with like we invented we have a character who's the disposable character in our who's like an established character that we also consider disposable well it's always like the girlfriend yeah it's always a woman, and it's always they're always in some kind of romantic or friendship, I guess, role. I think that yeah. might be what the Gwen, the uh, classic, yeah. I guess, version of that. Yeah, trope, I think so. I don't know. Also, Martha looked like Jackie Sandler. Oh, now that was kind of weird. I mean, it's not weird. I don't know. It's just something to me. There's something weird when you cast somebody in the same role they play uh, in your real life and they die in the movie i don't know like yeah. what are you trying to tell me um i don't know i thought it was interesting this movie to me felt like it was all happening mostly in in real time like it mm. it starts off and it has you know it's kind of time frame and it just moves through kind of moment by moment um that i think there are a couple parts where it jumps ahead um but like that first day we get you know everyone arriving everyone kind of hanging around that night Todd showing mm-hmm. up everyone partying all night and then in the morning mm-hmm. Todd leaves at, at right after sunset um, and then 
yeah, I feel like like a day passes kind of quickly, but I don't know. I, I thought it was just interesting to see a, a long chunk of a movie occur in mostly real time instead of like these set pieces. But it makes sense that it's all supposed to kind of happen in one day. Um, but I don't know if we've seen that in other Adam Sandler movies because they tend to take place mm. over a longer period of time. Right. I guess it is kind of one day, huh? Yeah. Basically, yeah. One long. It's day. it's like two, it's like it's like uh, thirty six hours, I think. You know, because it starts okay. at night, and then mm-hmm. it goes into the next night, and then that next morning is when Todd is flying back. Or, damn it, yeah. Jonathan is flying back. <laughs> <laughs> Do you pronounce it Todd or Jonathan? No. Um, yeah. So yeah, I just thought that was kind of interesting. I guess. Oh, you know the other movie I was thinking about that this is just a ripoff of? What's that? Um, Aladdin. Why is that? Well, you've got your outsider, okay. Jonathan, who shows up okay. and he is brought into oh. royalty. You know, yeah. Dracula and his daughter. He falls for the king's daughter, uh, but he has uh. to kind of wear a disguise to be considered mm. on a level playing field with the daughter and everyone else. Um, but he's being foiled by a guy with a big nose and a pet animal. Um, you know, our Jafar and Iago is now our Steve, oh, Steve Lovitz, Quasimodo and mouse. Um, and at the end he has to help get his genie free. Wait, what? There's no genie, but everything else, okay. I think it's an, we've got an airtight case. Um, <laughs> oh, he flies a magic yeah. tablecloth? Hmm. That's true. He does fly a magic tablecloth. Yeah. It isn't instrumental in the plot, but he does fly it. Yeah. Of, yeah. 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 Uh, I thought it was interesting that uh, we're not following... You would think with this kind of movie that we would follow the visitor's initiation. Like we would, we would actually be with Jonathan as he comes into this place, gets to know Dracula and Mavis and, you know, has all these experiences. But, um, I don't know. I, I thought it was interesting that we're with Dracula as he faces the dilemma of the visitor instead of the visitor Mm -hmm. being kind of introduced and then having to try to understand this in the way that like, the twilight series is handled. And I think a lot of these stories are handled where it's like, Hey, you don't know anything about this world, but now you're in it. What happens next? This was, I know everything about this world, but there's something encroaching upon it. And what do I do now? Yeah, it is. Yeah. The viewer, the like centering of the viewer is with the monsters. It is with Dracula, basically who's the main character and the sort of the ordinary world is all this, uh, this actually quite magical, mysterious world, but that's all sort of taken as a mundane world. Uh, and really the mysterious world, yeah, it is. It's an encroacher or invader that has to be kind of, is representative of this other outside hostile world. I don't know. Yeah, that is interesting. And that's also, it kind of ties into like, this is kind of a modern or contemporary uh conceit whereas you take something that is magical and mysterious and then you apply uh 
contemporary reality to it. So you are like, well, how do... It turns out that uh, monsters are just uh, basically like middle-aged suburban yeah. people. Yeah. <laughs> and they have the same concerns and stuff. Oh, I'm Frankenstein. Oh, I'm having my midlife crisis yeah. now. Oh, no. Oh, oh, monsters are assholes uh, too. Okay. Yeah, yeah, right. Like, oh, what does Frankenstein do for work? Oh, he has to go. I guess Frankenstein's monster, but I think I always think it's funny when they just call him Frankenstein. <laughs> but, um, yeah. I love that you think it's funny. <laughs> yeah, that's great. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I don't think it's funny. I think it's an outrage, and I have to point it yeah. out to people. I already sent an email to Dreams DreamWorks, like, okay. excuse me, <laughs> if uh, you ever make another one of these, which I hope you won't, yeah. because. You've already screwed up his name, but if yeah. you're going to include Frankenstein's monster. Yeah. yeah, it's actually, I think it's Sony Pictures. Oh, it's not DreamWorks. <laughs> yeah, that explains the tepid response, I'm sure, Yeah. from DreamWorks. Yeah. <laughs> they never like, respond. You write to us all the time. Please stop sending us letters. We didn't make that movie. We have nothing to do with the other Adam Sandler movies. Uh, we did not. We will not make a uh, remake of Rain. Yeah, Man. no, no, Shark Tale Two is not coming <laughs> out. Yeah. No, it is not happening. Please stop sending us revised revisions of your script. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You got anything? Um, okay, let me think. I got, I got uh, one big thing, before? but it's kind of toward the end of the movie, so I don't want to. Okay. You know, so. Where were, where were we just at? Where were we? Um, we were talking about DreamWorks oh. Oh, pictures, yeah. just movies we like. with the mundane. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought okay. Yeah, it's just kind of that's like a thing. I feel like a lot of stuff does that, and I think that it was probably funnier the first times, where it's like, oh, I thought this would be magical and special, but actually, they just have to deal with bureaucracy. They have to deal with aging and all this stuff. Uh, I think that. I don't know. Is that getting a little tired? Maybe I think it is. I mean, I, there's a the comic series Fable, yeah. which I, I feel like does a really good job of trying to imagine what it would be like. Um, mm-hmm. And I think what it is is monsters have taken over like so many blocks of New York mm-hmm. City, and they li- they're like mm-hmm. scattered throughout the world. But those yeah. who want to be part of the real world um, live and and live in disguise in this area of New York City and just kind of mm-hmm. go about their business but it's like an adult story it's you know yeah. it's about politics it's about relationships um yeah. it's about you know corruption and violence and stuff like that um and yeah i mean that's been out for a while so they should quit making hotel transylvania so i would say <laughs> i just think there's an awful lot of where that's kind of the idea maybe that is i mean maybe it's just really old like Maybe that is kind of what the Adams family basically is, or uh, the monsters or yeah. something, where it's like, oh, like the monsters, oh, that's what this movie's ripping off. Okay, yeah. figure it out. Like, oh, <laughs> no, they, they like, yeah. Like, okay, we're monsters and we're creepy and crazy, but also. Uh, our car broke down. We, we gotta, our car broke I down. I gotta take yeah. my car into the shop. Oh, yeah. Yeah, all that stuff. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's kind of interesting to me. And I feel like like it's clever, but at a certain point, that becomes... It's one of those things where that has become almost the norm. So the parody. It's basically a parody of fantasy or horror or whatever. Yeah. These different genres that are meant to be taken straight. And it's a parody of them. 
but at this point at what point does the parody just become the norm and so now it's like what is the norm for uh fantasy is it just to have them really mon- doing really mundane <laughs> like versions of uh just like middle class life like you just watch an know. entire movie and then at the end you find uh-huh. out they were vampires and it's like i uh-huh. don't get it yeah 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 i feel like there's other instances w- that i've thought of before where parody becomes suddenly just like oh yeah that's is that even parody if there's more of the parody than there are actually of the original thing i don't think it's quite like this i think there's still plenty of like i think uh, uh, what fantastical stuff that's taken more at face value yeah what we do in the dark is i think a good example that Mm -hmm. is like almost entirely parody but Mm -hmm. just done well but it's you know these vampires who you know just have to live their normal lives and at the same time they are vampires and they do vampire Mm -hmm. stuff yeah the other example of a really good one i was thinking of is hotel transylvania the adam sandler (laughs) anime movie oh yeah. yeah that's a good one where he did that um, yeah. So I, I mentioned earlier that I liked your uh-huh. your kind of read on a, a far more conservative, you know, message uh-huh. in this movie, which is like, yeah. uh, no, you know, encroached upon people. We humans mean you no harm. We're great, especially this white one named Ta- named Jonathan. <laughs> Where he's he's awesome. Look how great he is. He'll yeah. never steer you wrong. Um, so the the whole thing that changes Dracula's mind, like the real, ultimately what really gets him to be like, okay, Jonathan's okay, mm-hmm. is uh, that uh, Mavis falls for him. Mavis falls in love, I guess is the word that we would use. But they call it in the movie, zing. And yeah. that is something that happens only once in a monster's life is you zing with someone else and that is like Mm -hmm. your soulmate and so then dracula's like well damn they zinged and he's not super happy about it but he's like what can i do i gotta get this guy back i gotta bring him back and um oh a a really probably important MacGuffin throughout the movie is this uh present that mavis's mom martha had for her on her 118th birthday she wanted to give that to her before she died Um, and so Dracula gives it to her and it's just this like really fucking boring book about (laughs) zinging and like, it's, it is legit. Like it's the equivalent of like a parent giving a kid on their 18th birthday. Like here's how to kiss a boy. And when you kiss him, you got (laughs) to marry him. It's from her mom. Yeah, that's true. I wish her mom had given her something a little more interesting, but she didn't have time. She thought her mom thought she'd be around. That's true. She's like, I'll she just. She probably did that. She probably just wrote that. It's like, yeah, I'll just give it to her when she's like. Eight this is shit, but something. I'll just. I'll. This will be a placeholder. Yeah. I'll obviously come up with <laughs> yeah. something way cooler because, right. like, my daughter she is not gonna yeah. just be sitting at home all the time until she's eighteen. Yeah. She will have buy daughter a car when she turns hundred eighteen. She actually had that written down, oh, but it got lost I hate in the that. fire. Yeah. So then, track. Dracula was just like, I hope he doesn't mind if I call him Drac sometimes. Oh, I don't think he I does. I feel that kind of personal connection. Yeah. But uh, Drac, he's just like, uh, I don't know. He probably just made the book. He's like, I don't know. What would like a mom make her daughter? You're right. I'll just make he's sure. He's lied about everything like, else. What? He probably yeah. lied about what that. Mess, what message do I want my daughter to 
take away on her 18th birthday, it's that you have to get married before you have sex with anybody. <laughs> one man for the rest of your life. I am trading you off to one other man, and that's it. Yeah, it yeah. is just the grossest. And then they have, like, the only time they sing in this. So there are so many times to sing. Like, there are so many reasons to sing. <laughs> just in life. In life, yes. Also in this movie. Swimming in a pool, riding on a tablecloth, Frankenstein's farts. Like, I can, I'll make the new soundtrack right now if you want. But, no, the only song we really get is the zing. And it's like, mm-hmm. when you zing, you got to stay with that person. If not... You're the monster. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Your zing will come. That was, I think, the last line of the book that her mom gave her. Yeah. Um, which, yeah, just we've talked about in the past, like, um, the the performance of, you know, these gender conventions or just even, like, societal conventions and how much these type, these movies fall into those. And this just felt so blatant and so unnecessarily tacked on to the end of the movie. Um, Mm -hmm. Because ultimately what really motivates Drac is that he is changed. I mean, he, he he realizes through Mm -hmm. his experience with Todd that Todd isn't so bad of a guy that maybe, Mm -hmm. um, and then so for him to fall back on this like bullshit conservative, like, Oh, she's got to Oh, she loved him. Okay. Well then they got to be together. That just yeah. that just rubs me the wrong way. Yeah. <laughs> Are you gonna write a letter? I already did. It's uh now remember. But I sent it to DreamWorks. DreamWorks. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> Actually, I think I sent it to Dreams Work, which I don't even know what that is. So. Yeah. Ugh. It's a music production studio. DreamWorks. Dreams work. Dreams. Dreams work. <laughs> It's my movie production studio. That's a good idea, actually. Yeah. yeah. Dreams work. Um, 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 okay. Yeah. I don't have anything else to say about this movie. Um, yeah. Okay. I have a question for you. Oh, okay. This is kind of what I'm interested in. Uh, I think we did. I think we, we hit the uh, sort of, uh, I guess, if you want to call it patriarchal or... Uh, Kind of conservative. Leave it to us to find it. Message that was that was tucked away in in this movie, uh, as they as you might tuck a uh, like a dollar into the coat of your uh, visiting uh, grandson. Yeah, a com- maybe a, a comic coat, book. A dollar with a dollar with a message around it that says, "Please invest this." Yeah. <laughs> and then you tuck it into the coat so that you give them a little bit of a treat but also a good message that's great too. yeah uh, so we found that um yeah i thought you might say something about the uh i thought you were going somewhere about the festival that they find at the end that where it's to celebrate all the monsters oh yeah you're gonna try to apply that to the to my message which i or my not my message but my uh interpretation of it is a uh learning of a uh, like disenfranchised group to appreciate the uh, complete group that is disenfranchising yeah because they're appropriating kinda, their I culture that out. I wasn't actually, yeah, yeah no that's exactly what's yeah, happening right? right look they're not so bad yeah. they've taken your culture and are they using it us. now yeah. they love you yeah you guys are big jokes to yeah. them they think you're hilarious <laughs> <laughs> they're not scared of you 
They don't respect you. No, they love Dracula. They help him get to the plane. Yeah, Speaking of, right. man, there's this whole threat. that So it's sunlight. So all of the Draculas have to hold out their capes so he can run under uh, them to get to the plane fast enough. Yeah. Because it's such a big deal that Dracula's going to burn up in the sun. Right. And then he fucking he's, flies for like 30 he's, minutes he's, hanging on an airplane, <laughs> just like burning forever and not hurt at all. It's... Movies, movies have gotten lazy about the uh, sunshine vampire. Thing, I tell you, I think. I think so too. And I think, yeah, I feel like even um, I, I blame maybe Buffy <laughs> the Vampire Slayer. I feel like I was watching that a few years ago, that or Angel or something, and I was just like, oh, every time the sun comes out, they just like have to step into a shadowy place. Yeah. That's not what I thought. Yeah. When I was a kid, I was like, vampires have to go underground in their coffin when the sun is up at all yeah. because it's so powerful. It's gonna, they're gonna burst into Yeah, flame. like fucking. And now there's ultraviolet like, yeah. lights bounce off stuff. Yeah. Like you can't just like be like, oh, I'll just put on a coat. Yeah, I'm good now. Like, yeah. What was it? Ah, it was one of these things, vampire things, where they just like. Like, okay, I'm just going to put on, like, a, a big coat and just, like, run somewhere. I forget what I it was. I think that sounds like Twilight. I'm wondering if Buffy had the ring. Did Buffy have the ring where... Buffy had a ring where you could walk around. In sunlight? Yeah, that doesn't bother me because it's, like, a magic yeah. ring. But, but just, uh, like, hiding... Just, like, oh, I'll just hiding, I'll hide like under my Chilling under a tree. Somewhere. Like, oh, I'm just going to chill here for the next 14 <laughs> right, hours. Right, Got I caught. Can't. You know how it goes. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I just think that... Yeah. It's lazy. Yeah. Um, actually, along that same line, me and a friend of mine have, uh, we were commenting on this. I think we had just watched, like, Interview with a Vampire or something, and we made the comment, or we made the observation that every single uh, new vampire movie, they have different rules. So, like, the vampire story has a traditional set of, like, rules vampires have to follow. Uh, they can't go in when if they're not invited. Garlic hurts them. Sunlight, holy water, crosses, uh, stakes, you know, the whole set of things. Uh, and every single movie that comes out or story that comes out about them ch- picks and chooses what set of rules apply to them and then makes some kind of commentary about uh, which ones don't. Um, and so in this one... And it, it's, I guess it's always just to subvert your expectations, but they're always like, I feel like there's always a character that's like, oh, so you're a vampire? Does da-da-da-da-da yeah. work? And they're like, no, that's an old myth. I, of love, course, like, I love spaghetti and garlic bread. Right? <laughs> exactly, yeah. But then they're like, oh, what about da-da-da-da-da? Uh, and they're like, oh, I can't go out in the sunlight. Yep. But anyway, and this one did this. He was just like, oh, what about garlic? And he's like, oh, I always get horrible acid reflex when I <laughs> eat garlic. I think that was what it was, yeah. something like that. Um, what I wanted to ask was actually, so I'm still interested in, uh, th- this was directed by uh, this like animator, um, though it did say he, it seems like he didn't have much to do with the story, which was developed uh, by these different people. I was also reading, I think he was the sixth director attached to it, so I had different directors that were supposed to do it. Okay. Uh, but this is a animator, uh, a director of animation who um, does a lot of times have a very distinct style. Uh, and I was wondering, did you catch any kind of distinct style out of this movie? Hmm. 
in terms of animation or just in terms of anything? Was there anything that sort of was dis that felt distinct or uh, artistic or anything like that? It's hard to say because movie? it's so old. I mean, it's eight years old now, so I, I don't mm -hmm. know what may have felt distinct then, but mm -hmm. my impression is no, there was nothing to me that felt distinct. Mm -hmm. What about you? Um, I do think that there was maybe some more like just in terms of the action and fluidity of the characters like I was watching interviews and stuff and I think that they were trying to have this kind of more fluid animation that harkened back to maybe older animations okay and I, I did kind of catch that in the movie I thought the scene where they're on tablecloths flying around yeah um, was actually really clever creative whimsical like animated scene like you might see in just some very artistic uh but also like pulpy cartoon yeah um, so there are little flashes of it but i think that there may be that aspect of the creative voice of this movie was for me mostly filtered out through uh the like what i, I guess the kind of almost generic of 3D, what 3D animation just looks like yeah. to me. Yeah, it looked like, like cheap ratatouille or something. Yeah, like cheap ratatouille, yeah, for sure. Um, and also the, I guess, necessity of uh, having this cast made up that's like an ensemble of both Happy Madison people, Adam Sandler and his crew, uh, and then Selena Gomez yeah. <laughs> needing to be in it and needing to essentially be like a very wholesome character um just kind of the i don't know i want to see the world please <laughs> i don't know yeah i want to go to hawaii character. which is also reprising yeah, its know. role she, from a lot of other yeah, I don't, movies oh yeah that's true yeah i don't want to knock her i thought her character was all right but um but i think there are certain like you're gonna have selena gomez play the daughter in your movie at of in the year 2000 uh 13 or 12 yeah there are certain looks like 2012 there are certain things that there are constraints on what that role can be at that time um and then yeah and i thought that like it was kind of summed up for me knowing that in that at the end credits they actually did have a very um the end credits suddenly go into traditional animation yeah, yeah. Uh, and they ha do have the characters uh, in this more traditional, like, 60s throwback style of animation. Which I loved. And I thought that, like, the characters looked great. Yeah, all why of didn't a you sudden, make the movie like, like this that? This great style. Yeah. Uh, and all of a sudden, I could see it. I could see, like, oh, here's the animation, like, this person's, like, own voice suddenly coming into the movie. Uh, but at the same time, there was some kind of, like, it sounded like a Black Eyed Peas song, or yeah. I don't think it actually was. I think it was someone featuring Will I Am. But okay. It was just it just sounded like a Black Eyed Peas song, just a really generic like pop upbeat, like do it, do it, don't, don't. get your like, zing, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like, swim in that pool. Know. What? Oh, yeah. yeah. Like I don't know, but just that kind of thing, playing over it, and I was like, what they could have done is they could have had like very like. Yeah. like music Make like some fun, kind of orchestrated yeah like 
animation song playing over it while the characters are suddenly animated and like crawling all over the castle and popping out of closets or whatever but instead because they wanted to sell the soundtrack probably or appeal to different demographics or just hit as many appeal to as many bases as possible which is kind of how i think they do all a lot of, of the reasoning yeah. behind decisions and these things are uh, and so they picked like this like really generic pop song and i was just like that to me kind of summed up the movie which is that it, yeah it just it wasn't able to transcend uh the things that were working against yeah. it yeah <laughs> had potential yeah. yeah, but Al- Alan Covert's in the next one, so maybe we'll feel differently. Absolutely. Yeah. My hope, probably not going to be realized, but my hope is now that they have a hit, a successful hit, where they covered the bases, it might be allowed to get a little stranger. Yeah. Uh, Gendy Tartakovsky did direct the other two movies. Oh, okay. Uh, so I'm hoping maybe some of his distinct style and approach towards movement and animation yeah because I, I think uh, the marvel approach is usually uh, which isn't marvel but i think the marvel approach is usually to get somebody mm-hmm. big name in the first movie to establish the franchise and then just try to cut money wherever you can from like writers <laughs> yeah. and directors oh, okay. you know uh-huh. to where like at the end all you have is cgi hulk and like the last movie you know, CGI Hulk is just like running around, like making noises uh, and beating people up who are also uh, CGI'd and you don't have to pay anybody because you've just got like the <laughs> grunts recorded by you know, just uh, some random person. Yeah. I, now I think uh, Marvel has an interesting approach. I think they actually, every movie they actually pick some director that is like associated with this other stuff. Uh, what's his name? John Favre. Oh Favre. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's him. There was the guy that just that did the original, what we do in the shadows. Uh, he did some of the Thor movies, uh, but the action unit, ha- I think, has its own director. So even so, they have these other directors come in maybe to do the like the talking parts. I don't know. Somehow they all end up the same. Yeah, yeah, they really do. <laughs> like, even though they have different people working. Just Whedon. I was gonna say. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Talk. I was just gonna say I think the action movie, the action portions, all kind of have the same like unit directing all of them, and that's why they all look the same. But all the jokes kind of come across the same anyway, so I don't know. Yeah, there's only so much you can Which do. I think effective. they they really pressure yeah. the directors into certain, you know. Mm-hmm. I think that's constraints. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, so I I have a question for you. Would you recommend this movie? Um, you know, I, I guess not. I would like to. Yeah. <laughs> or I was hoping just cause I do like the, some of the people attached to it, but, uh, I wouldn't say that it was troubling or anything for me. I would, I, I don't think I'd ever want to let that, my kid watch it. I would just feel so weird about my kid being like, huh? Gotta, gotta find my zing. My zing's out there. Yeah, I guess there is. I guess. Like, I want my kid to believe in love, but I don't want them to believe in that kind of love, I guess. I don't know. There's just something. Yeah. You know, I I guess I'm. healthy message. Yeah, I wish that. Yeah. I wish that that wasn't in there. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, I don't know. There was some fun stuff in it, but it. 
It depends on what you're looking for, I guess. What if I'm looking like for said, like a message in there? Like a movie about Dracula who and he runs a hotel. Man, you got you just got so many options. <laughs> no, I don't know. Like every aspect of it that was there, I think has been done better in other versions. Yeah. I think not the newest Adams family, but the uh, early '90s movies I think are better as far as having some creepy, uh, as they call them, uh, kooky I think, and a little bit ooky uh, characters. Yeah. Yeah. But just sort of throw back to hor- some I think the, fun the, horror. The thing you're talking about is like that spirit of the past, like that sense that like you yeah. are drawing on a tradition, mm. pay some respect to that tradition. And this yeah. movie does very, very, very little of that. I think it does a little bit, but yeah, there's that. Um, as far as just like creative animated movies, I think there might there. Well, I know there's definitely some better options, probably. <laughs> and I'm really edging that. I think that I know that there's probably some better options, probably. <laughs> uh, there are better animated movies. I'm worried you're going to quiz me because I can't think. Yeah, what's it? Na- Incredibles? Na- yes, know. and The Incredibles is awesome. Yeah, it is better. but um, I, It's about I never like, giving up on your dreams. And yeah, I feel like even, yeah. I feel like at this point, Pixar, which started out very clever and creative. It's still very clever and creative, but uh, even that to me feels like, ah, it's just the same shit over and over and over again. Yeah, I remember watching but, Zootopia uh, and thinking, like, the the big reveal at the end of that just felt uh, really like okay you're trying for something big and meaningful but this actually makes no yeah. sense and it's kind of <laughs> shitty like your message is kind of <laughs> shitty if i'm understanding yeah. it right yeah so maybe there is no good animation but uh i the three episodes of samurai jack that i saw excellent killer so yeah maybe that's somewhere to go i would say that no, start with that, samurai jack I, yeah i think tv might be doing better with animation well like um i don't know who's the guy who did spirited away oh yeah of course uh is it miyazaki miyazaki we should do a miyazaki podcast after that that'd be a yeah. an interesting yeah shift. spirited away is incredible i don't know that we'd uh, have a lot to complain about though castle <laughs> yeah i don't know yeah the ones i've seen incredible the ones i haven't seen look pretty good too yeah um but yeah that's what you want from animation is just this like almost ah like inspiring like what wow yeah what is that or um i don't know anyway what was i saying uh i just think yeah oh secret of the kells is so, supposed to be really cool that was nominated yeah. for best animation okay i haven't seen yeah that. um yeah i feel like frozen yes. does a good job of resisting because you know frozen is about two sisters and mm-hmm. spoilers for frozen like i think no stop no, I think, um, like, one of... Can you say the romance is not centered in it? Is that what you're... Yes, that was what I was getting ready to say. It's kind of a non-spoiler way. Yeah, the romance is not centered in it. Yeah. It's more about the power of sister bonds. It's more about the power of ice. The, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I love at the end of the movie where the that one with ice powers has killed everybody and just, like... Now the world will just be cold. Yeah, yeah. Everything can stop. And she freezes herself, too, and it's just like, 
perfect sphere of ice. Yeah. So badass. Beautiful. Yeah. And badass. (laughs) Which is like, how did you make a Frozen 2? Like, what could possibly happen after that? It's it's an art film, and it's just uh, three hours of just, like, the camera panning over this, like, just crystal frozen landscape. Yeah. And just, like, this is what could be... And spoiler alert. Inspired to it, perhaps. Yeah, spoiler alert. Olaf has married it. So <laughs> wow. Yeah, he's still. Romance married. is actually he's kind like, of. This is my wife. <laughs> romance is centered in the, in in the second one. Sorry yeah. guys. Uh yeah, I okay. I also wouldn't recommend it, and um yeah, that's that's that but it was it was nice it was a nice change of pace to see an animated movie and sure, yeah just yeah. not know what was going to happen next and for sure yeah have an idea but not know for sure but yeah yeah cool if you're watching all of them along with us there's no reason to skip it no there's no reason to skip <laughs> it's not it wor- it's not worse than the some of the other you've ones. already it's not even put yourself yeah, through so even, much i didn't think it was bad i thought yeah i didn't think it was bad i just it was very much just it like, didn't hurt in the way it had, like it had some yeah. yeah, I had hopes for it that maybe it would be a hidden gem or like just be a little. And bit I had heard that it transcends. Yeah, I, like, I felt like I'd seen that it was actually watched, pretty good. Mm-hmm. So that was. Yeah, I had to, and like I also watched the entire animated Trolls movie. I thought they were about the same. Oh, okay. And that one was also mildly amusing. I'm just kind of comparing it. Is that for your like, Trolls it podcast? It wasn't better than other. Yeah. Where you typically podcast. just review various troll figurines. Yes. I, I, I'm glad <laughs> yeah, that you're branching out. I do movies, too. Uh, I, I'm, that's yeah. great. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, I think it's on par with what else has been uh, made since the advent of the 3D animation. Yeah. Okay, anything else? Let me see. I think, I I think, think I've so. covered all my bases. Um, we're at a nice hour 25, I think 22. Yeah. So, Jesus, God. Yeah. So sorry. We've, yeah. We're, uh, yeah, we've become long winded about these. We're never going to have very much. We're to never going to get this right. People. Sorry. No, it's just getting longer. The more inconsequential we'll get, the longer. Our, we could try on one. The more, like the more we'll have to compensate yeah, for like on the do over or like on, on, <laughs> hotel transylvania i don't know on some movie we could just like uh-huh. set ourselves a goal that like we're Hard gonna have timer. we're gonna have a timer at 30 minutes uh-huh. we got to get it in in 30 and then after yeah. that um you know we you will have like a five minute window where we can fill in anything that we really need to say mm-hmm. 30s like yeah that'd be that's crazy though 30 yeah. what if we did like an hour and 10 <laughs> 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 that's a little more like it. I was thinking an hour 18 yeah that's great I think I, I feel like the last four or five minutes we didn't need them yeah that's true <laughs> I wish there was just a way to make us speak faster without it sounding like it was too fast you know Ooh. yeah wouldn't it be all high pitched though maybe yeah shoot alright well um, I would love we would love to hear from our 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 guests, which is what we call you when you listen. You are our guest, okay. apparently. Welcome to the Hotel of Fourth Adam Sandler oh, podcast. Oh, that's great. 
I want to talk about a movie. Huh? Yeah. Um, so if you want to get a hold of us, you can at um, our, our Gmail account, which is the, the number four and then the letters AS and then the word podcast at gmail.com. That's 4aspodcast at gmail.com. And, you know, you can find us everywhere. If you, if you like the show and want to share it with a friend, that would be awesome. Um, if you hate it and really want to, like, stick it to an enemy, send this along to him because it's torture. And uh, I think that about does it for me. Anything else you want to say before we... Um, before we close the doors on Hotel Transylvania? No, I think I think that's it. All right, well, uh, we hope you enjoyed your stay at the Hotel Transylvania. Bye. Thought I found a love when she was just a fling And then I met a girl and felt a different thing It's like a hit in the ring, like you're pulled by a string Can't breathe like you're choking on a chicken wing It was a thing called a zing and I wanted to sing And listen to the ballads of a man named Sting Lady looks in your eyes and it's suddenly spring Like when Nala looked at Simba in The Lion King